0: no there's another squad attacking
1: welcome to the third party podcast your weekly apex legends podcast brought to you by crossover media i'm your host shay joined by my co-host henry henry how's it going today
0: it's going great another awesome day for the podcast still playing apex always Good to be back
1: Guys, before we get going here, make sure you check us out on Instagram and Twitter at Third party Pod. We got something fun on Instagram going on. Tell them about it,
0: Henry. Yeah, we have a big giveaway. Our largest giveaway yet we will be giving away 10,000 Apex coins. Uh, go check it out there. Make sure to enter. Um, we're pretty excited about it. Should be a big success and giving out a ton of coins.
1: Awesome. Looking forward to it. Uh, make sure to sub to us on YouTube, third party podcast. We stream weekly from 4 to 6 p.m. Pacific time on Thursdays. Come stop by, let's hang out and talk about some Apex. We got a good one though today. We're covering news, discussing how to get the 4K damage badge, ideal inventory setups, a legend concept by the numbers, dropping together, and as always, wrapping up with a question. But before we do any of that, let's dive into some reviews.
0: This last week, we broke 200 reviews on Apple Podcast, which is a pretty cool milestone, Mm -hmm. I think. So big shout out. Thank you to all those listeners that have reviewed. Uh, But the first review for today is coming from BeastMaker129. Literally listen to one episode and I'm hooked. Great way to keep up on Apex Legends news and very laid back content. Keep up the good work.
1: Much appreciated. Next review coming from Please Season 2. I'm a bloodhound in Lifeline, Maine, and I just want to say you guys are awesome. You helped me through the boring day and improved my Apex skills, so thank you, and I hope you keep continuing this podcast. Smiley face. Will do. Always.
0: Next one's coming from Tur- Rocks. Love this pod. I don't play that much, but I was introduced by my brother, and now I am going to be playing a lot more. I am an octane main.
1: The more the merrier. Last review coming from Penguin Hopper 360. I started listening to this podcast with under 30 kills with Lifeline. I just got over 100 with the help of this pod. Thank you.
0: Just proof. Proof that it works.:
1: Hey, like we've always said, we're happy that, you know, people of all different skill levels can get something out of this podcast. We try not to make it uh, too extreme in either direction, I think
0: next uh just a quick plug of the patreon as we like to do uh, <laughs> really we want to bring attention to this last saturday we uploaded one of our favorite episodes yet to answer everyone's questions about exactly what is skill-based matchmaking why is it uh, options and different opinions on it mm-hmm. a ton more just we kind of went hard on that episode, to be honest.
1: It was a great episode. We enjoyed the heck out of it. think it's a great listen. And so if you join the Patreon, you get access to the entire bonus library of episodes. You know, we got a lot of fun stuff in there. Ranking ultimates, talking limited time modes, team strategies, rotations, maps, and position guides. Like a lot of really cool stuff along with many more things. But just get their sequels so to that skill-based matchmaking episode. It was a good one. Hour and maybe 45 minutes of us talking.
0: That's what it's all about. It's a a lot of really cool, special content that uh, we're really proud to make. And it's cool that our patrons get to listen.
1: Yep, definitely. With that, though, let's dive into the news. First piece of news, uh, the return of the final limited time mode in the September soiree event, Live, Die, Live, uh, went live yesterday. Give us some thoughts just real quickly, Henry, on what Live, Die, Live is and if you enjoy it or not.
0: This mode is a blast. I'm excited to hop back into it. Um, My first kind of experience with it was it was not what I expected at all. Mm -hmm. Um, It was a lot harder. Um, But it was cool. You know, it's interesting when a squad mate is a limbed, you really have to play very, uh, passively almost Mm -hmm. or really protective because you're not going to a respawn beacon there are none so you just have to survive till the end of that round which I think feels a lot longer than normal because you have to survive longer without bringing back your squad mates so it's a struggle but a really fun cool different mode I feel
1: it's like the closest thing we have to the gulag or anything where you're skydiving again mid-game in Apex. and It's pretty fun in that way as well. Totally. Next piece of news is there potentially a Pathfinder buff incoming. Uh, On Twitter, Josh Medina, a developer at Apex Legends, stated that Pathfinder is going to get some love soon. That was in response to a thread that included guys like Daltouche and a couple other people talking about Pathfinder's current state. What do you think this looks like for our favorite robot friend?
0: I can tell you what I want it to look like, Mm -hmm. you know, I think uh, bringing back the tactical is kind of what the community is demanding, but I also feel like he needs some uniqueness added to his passive. Yeah. Um, I really, I would go as far as to say um, maybe Pathfinder should be removed from the recon class and put into the assault class with Octane and Wraith and maybe add a passive or another ability that's more focused into that playstyle. style. Um, I think it's just so hard to compare Pathfinder to Crypto and Bloodhound.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he's always been surveyed because of the, or been surveyed recently because of the Survey Beacon. And so it would be interesting because then like if you take him out of that, he loses the Survey Beacon because it's a Recon class passive. So it would have to be something really good because, you know, we're huge fans of that Survey Beacon and replacing that is a tall task to take
0: on. We'll see in a few weeks here what love really means for
1: Bath. And I hope it involves as well fixing some of the stuff going on with his hitbox, theoretically, that it's been an issue for a long time now, uh, which is kind of unfortunate, or at least giving him back some of that speed and mobility to justify the low profile being tacked on there as well. Next piece of news, though. Titanfall 3 is rumored to be in development. We got a little bit of a timeline going on here. Some fun stuff happened. It started with Brazilian streamer, the Neon underscore Beast, who's a known leaker. He tweeted, Titanfall 3 is for real. Another big data miner then, Bias12, confirmed this thought as well after that in the thread. Since then, though, both of those data miners deleted their original tweets about Titanfall 3. Bias12 did stick by a statement, though saying he stands by his words and only deleted his tweet because the original tweet he responded to was deleted. We also have information that back in May, EACFO Blake Jorgensen said that Titanfall 3 is still a possibility sometime down the road, but they hadn't been working on anything. What does down the road mean? Could it be now with the successful release of Titanfall on Steam and the notoriety it was gained on grinding on that platform? And so It's interesting. I really hope something fun is coming for Titanfall 3. What are your thoughts just on everything kind of going on?
0: I'd be excited. Uh, I personally am not going to get my hopes up for any time soon. Like, I don't think it'll be coming this holiday season. Mm -hmm. Um, I think we probably have another year to wait. But this is such a great franchise. I love Titanfall, and I look forward to the fact that they are working on it.
1: Yep, that is the hope for sure. Another big leak shows that potentially the next seven legends or characters have been leaked from Prometheus on Reddit. Uh, he showcases a loading screen with the next seven legends added to the current lineup. I know, as always, with all leaks, take it kind of with a grain of salt. Everything can change. We've seen a lot of change happen from previous leaks in the past. Delays happen, as we all know. And it you know, could be inaccurate in some standpoints as well. Uh, very interesting to see, though. Essentially, in order, the next scheduled Legends based off of this leak is Valk next season. Isn't that an attacking offensive category? And we actually spoke about Valk on a previous podcast when her abilities were leaked along with Ramparts. She's a pretty fun Legend. Do you have anything you want to say about Valk real quick?
0: Um, I'm excited to see her kit. I think we know the most about her. Um, we've done a whole episode essentially on her abilities. Uh, potentially uh, has a name switch to nova Mm -hmm. i like valk better so they stick with that that's perfect we'll see um yeah
1: next couple of legends though we have blisk potentially coming in next with the recon class then ash as the offensive class a character named horizon that is an offensive class fuse offensive class firebug recon class and husaria an offensive class I think, obviously, we don't know a lot about these guys. You know, Henry and I have had questions for a long time, like, why would Blisk and Ash actually come into the games? And hopefully they'll answer those questions if they are introduced. You know, we didn't get the most lore with Rampart, so hopefully that picks back up here again shortly. Uh, but I am interested by the fact that, according to this leak, we're not getting any more support or defensive legends for seven seasons, potentially. And does that lean into this idea that it's just not as interesting to watch? Not as interesting to play and not as attractive uh, to the average gamer.
0: Yeah, I think that's a really good point to take away from this that potentially they're trying to flex that meta into a more mm-hmm. action-packed, aggressive playstyle, which is definitely interesting. I'll also say that, you know, this list of seven legends to realize that many legends could take many years. Mm-hmm. So uh, a lot of this is kind of in the long term. Again, take with a grain of salt. We'll probably be discussing this again uh, on a future episode, so hold tight. I know that kind of opens up a ton of questions, but it's definitely cool to see.
1: It is cool to see these names, and this is coming from the same person that leaked everybody's name that's currently out. So they have a track record Mm -hmm. of being correct, and it's always fun. If you go through Reddit, you can find the picture mock-up and see kind of what these characters are all supposed to theoretically look like, so it'll be interesting. Last piece of news, update on the aftermarket collection event. Our favorite data miner on Twitter, at Trickle, says that recent server data appears to show aftermarket arriving on October 6th. I think Henry and I are both at the we'll believe it when we see it standpoint of this at this point with just the amount of delays we've seen from Apex, but would be absolutely awesome to get aftermarket coming next week.
0: I'd be so excited. I can't wait. I feel like it has been overdue, the mm-hmm. delay I felt uh, I could really feel this time around and i'm really excited for it there's a
1: it's been a lull the past like two three weeks a little bit just kind of like there normally is content and september soiree very cool you know fun idea i think we wished it was a little bit more of the uh originality in the ltms and such rather than the recycled things
0: yeah that's for sure
1: yeah let's get into the main topic of the day though talking about why is getting the 4k damage badge so dang hard in Apex?
0: I think this is a great question. And I think since you're listening to this episode, you may have asked it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe you have a 4K badge, maybe you don't, maybe you're working on it, maybe you're not. Um, But I think now is a perfect time to discuss this topic again, now that the armor is back to its original values Mm -hmm. after kind of a rocky start to the season. Um, But we get this question all the time. Mm -hmm. And honestly, it's something that, Uh, Shay and i even struggle with as a team um we get four to five to six thousand damage games combined Um, but placing that on one player is seriously a task in our lobbies and how we play and that might be the issue but it's not necessarily uh, a problem of us finding people necessarily Mm -hmm. we can do damage collectively but getting it onto one person's profile um, is harder than it sounds.
1: Very much so.
0: Um, and the truth is a lot of players have struggled with getting these badges and have frankly turned to paying boosters, um, which essentially cheat their account to give them the badge without earning it themselves.
1: It's an interesting business. I mean, we personally don't support boosters. I never have since we started this entire podcast. And interestingly enough, I've seen a couple of bigger streamers actually uh, jump on this lately and pretty much beat down some accounts that have been supporting boosters and the support counts themselves. It's interesting to see.
0: Yeah. And so it's essentially like there's an ethical debate around, you know, if it's good, bad, cheating, you know, good for... Better players or whatever, Mm -hmm. but essentially the fact that they exist and the fact that they are having individual success means that people are struggling to get these badges. Definitely. Um, and so I guess to kind of start tearing into why it might be so difficult is first off, Apex has matured over time, and even though Shane and I just kind of went hard discussing skill-based matchmaking on the Patron Mm -hmm. episode the overall general skill level at this point in time is always increasing. Yeah, Like as you get better, everyone else is getting better and there's just more and more masters nearly every season.
1: My favorite like reminder of this is when we talked with Kobe and he was talking about how he set that kill record early on in season zero and he was like, there's no way I could do that now. It's like everybody's too good at the game at this Mm -hmm. point. And, As you get better, the lobbies you play with get better. And so, just like you're saying, it's getting incredibly difficult.
0: Yeah, and it just means if everybody's getting better, that means that now is the perfect time to get those 20 kill and the 4K badges because tomorrow it's going to be harder, (laughs) essentially. Um, But that doesn't mean that it's impossible or you shouldn't try. Mm -hmm. And so that kind of brings us to our perspective and maybe our recommendations for how to get those higher damage games
1: yep got a couple tips here i think we're gonna lay out we'll dive into some of them deeper than others but the first and potentially the most important one is play fast you know rotate early third party i mean the more people you can damage shoot and kill without taking damage yourself It's just going to speed up your overall game by, you know, saving you time on healing and armor swaps and such. And so being able to shoot people in the back is always a great way to up that damage.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Playing fast is, you know, mastering that movement, mastering that accuracy, all those Mm -hmm. speed things. But it's also minimizing those slower activities, not spending all day and night looting, you know, trying Mm -hmm. to get finished with your tasks quickly and then move your feet to that next gunfight as fast as possible. Just because in order to get these badges, you got to be putting in work. Whether you're going for a 2K badge or a 4K badge, um, you got to be on it. Definitely. Uh, Next piece of advice is essentially kind of what weapons to use. Um, We're going to go out and recommend that you use assault rifles and LMGs and snipers. um, Because if you're struggling to get high damage games, these weapons will help you out. Um, because you can farm damage at a distance to get 450 damage per enemy instead of 200 damage if you were using a Mastiff up close. Um, And so kind of our favorites in this class is going to be the G7, Hemlock, Flatline, R301, Triple Take, Longbow, Sentinel, Spitfire.
1: Yep, I love all those weapons. They are all fun. Very much the... High damage games, you know, when you hold a G7, you feel like you're going to be doing good. Another kind of interesting thought is there's a, not even a rumor. it just the thought process goes around that, you know, use the charge rifle. That's how you get the 4K damage badge. You know, you can rack up damage from incredibly long distances with just like crazy long lines of sights that World Edge has. And while this was true at the beginning of season three, when the gun was introduced, a lot of changes to this charge rifle, you know, ranging from damage, magazine, rate of fire, and then sniper ammo in general, uh, makes this strategy not like a viable 4k damage seeking strategy, which is for the best, at least in my opinion, you know, nobody liked in season three where everybody was carrying charge rifles and you're just engaging with someone. Then you get killed by someone that's like 600 meters away. like, It was very frustrating, and so that's definitely like a thought that comes across, though, and it's on a lot of social media, like, oh, yeah, use the charge rifle to get your 4K damage badge. It's not as easy as it once was to do that kind of thing.
0: Totally. And if you've been listening to the third party for a while now or some of our recent episodes, you know our feelings about the G7 Mm -hmm. and the triple take and the hemlock and these weapons. It's just like everybody should be using them, essentially, especially if you're going for a high damage game.
1: Yeah, definitely. Let's talk a bit about the legend choice now. So in the grand scheme of things, any legend's fine. You know, most of us want to get that badge with our mains. And so we have a couple examples, just a couple thoughts in general. I'll let Henry kind of take this one though in the lead.
0: Yeah, I think it's important to open that up and say for this whole guide that do it how you want to do it. And Mm -hmm. legend, we, you know, this season we didn't rank the legends because we didn't feel that it was productive or helpful for anybody. Um, But if you look at kind of the damaging uh, legends, first would be like Crypto, you know, and I think you can make a pretty good argument that Crypto can help you boost your damage a bit with his ult placement being up to 150 damage Mm -hmm. a pop, essentially doing 50 damage per enemy on a squad. Um, And that can really add up if you're successfully EMPing three gunfights a game. You know, Mm -hmm. that is a pretty good chunk of damage. Um, Caustic, on the other hand, not so much. Uh, Honestly, in our breakdowns of Caustic, um, the damage tick isn't uh, as good as his entire kit is Mm -hmm. with the gas. It's more about area control and dominating people with the slowness it Mm -hmm. doesn't actually like just crank out damage very much and then gibraltar and bangalore kind of in the same family their ultimates can really only reliably do 40 to 80 damage each Mm -hmm. and so that's you know less than half of what crypto can essentially do in one execution then you have rampart and I think I'll just say that you're better off with a weapon. Mm-hmm. You know, One shot with the G7 is 34 damage. With Sheila, it's 14. And I don't feel that the rate of fire is going to really multiply that damage out for you. So I don't necessarily think Rampart is great um, for getting these huge damage. And in that same vein, I don't necessarily think that these damage legends are essential for dropping a... 3k or a 4k bomb.
1: Yeah, I think it's important to note that, like, you're not gonna deal 4k damage because of your legend. It's gonna yeah. be your gunplay, and for the most part, abilities are just gonna slow you down. And so, the last kind of a piece of advice is those high mobility legends that can help you get to that next fight faster. And so, you're not missing out on kills or damage that you would have otherwise if you were just walking there with Rampart versus grappling there with Pathfinder. That can be a little help. In, Speeding up the game overall and playing fast, like we were talking about at the beginning.
0: Next piece of advice is going to be dropping hot and with a full squad. Essentially, if you have this goal of getting a high damage game, starting that game off with four or five kills by going to a place like Fragment is a really great way to get close to those two, three, and 4k badges.
1: Yeah, you have to pick up. Early fights and early kills uh, to get on the right foot to start off a 4K damage game. And
0: it, if you go
1: and then your first fight starts at round 10, you you're or not round 10, <laughs> with 10 squads left, you're probably not ending up with those uh, high damage games per se.
0: It's just the math game at that point. Mm-hmm. It's like you have to be able to find those enemies. And so a really critical piece of that puzzle is starting off going where the highest concentration of players are.
1: Mm-hmm. Let's talk a little bit about team tactics. You know, now more than ever, it's hard to play Apex solo by yourself and take on those 1v3s. And so we have some advice just if you're going in with a full squad, you maybe want to take turns trying to get those 4k damage badges. But one of the things you can do is agree with your squad mates. You know, keep your distance and funnel enemies at one specific player that you've chosen. This is something that is very, very... Awesome. When pulled off correctly, it's potentially called pressuring kill box is what some people will say. Um, Henry and I have tried it a couple of times and it's hard. Like, don't get me wrong. It's very hard, but can be incredibly effective. You just essentially want to put your damage seeking player in a very good power position. And then your teammates and you are using abilities and firing warning shots to really put people in the open and putting the player that has been agreed upon to get the high damage game in the best position to succeed. I like this. It's hard, but it's fun, and it it's just kind of like another strategic way to play Apex in a, in a cool way.
0: Yeah, another thing that kind of in this strategy for getting these badges is that you have your two other squad mates that are supporting you, and they're also kind of going to be looting for you Mm -hmm. essentially because you want to keep moving as much as possible you're going for an armor swap they're going to be kind of trailing behind you and maybe healing that armor that you cracked that you cracked and so it's definitely kind of a holistic mission to get one person a badge Mm -hmm. i don't think it's cheating i think that it's still really hard to do this definitely Um, but i also say Please don't get mad at your teammates that are trying to help you if they maybe get a kill or two because it's very difficult. And sometimes you can't help yourself. You'd rather be alive than have your teammate go down.
1: Definitely. And we'll also say play with some teammates that will play a legend that could potentially help res you in case things go bad. And going for a damage game is different from a kill game. Like, you're not going to, it's not the end of the world if you get knocked and your team can pull it out. And so like maybe playing with a lifeline can help you out from a team tactic standpoint and being able to stay in that fight faster than usual.
0: Another question that we get a lot about these badges is, does the map affect things? Like, can I get the badges on either map or should I be focusing on one or the other? Um, and I think we'll say that most people agree that Kings Canyon is just a much smaller map and has faster games. So World's Edge is kind of the favorite uh, for going for the high damage and high kill games.
1: It's doable, but it's definitely going to be a lot harder to run into the specific scenario in which you'll need to get those 4k damage games. People just come at you so fast and you might drop somewhere, take one fight, rotate, and there'd be like eight squads left. Like we've had games end at the beginning of round two before in uh, World's Edge. Next, let's talk about damage farming. So towards the end of the games, a huge piece of getting these high damage games and those 4K badges is damage farming. This is essentially dealing out damage, then retreating in order to let your enemy heal up before you re-engage with them. Uh, We've played with a couple guys that, you know, get the 4K badge on a lot of different characters. And I've had some people say they get like 1,500 damage just off the last team. And very, very very hard to do. Like, can't stress it enough, Uh, but when done effectively, essentially you just want to get as much damage as you can off of that last squad when you don't have to worry about being shot in the back or by another team or something like that.
0: Yeah, and when you say this is hard to do, this pretty much takes practice Mm -hmm. because you don't know, we don't have damage trackers Mm in-game, and so you don't know if you've reached your goal of 2,000 or 3,000, and so practicing these late game control areas where you're farming damage mm-hmm. is pretty much always very important and can be really difficult. Um, I think I'll say that the reason that uh, at this point in the game, uh, it's really nice to be damaged farming in the late circle is because people have nowhere to go. Mm-hmm. Essentially everybody's behind their cover and are going to be peaking, taking damage, and healing. And so you can essentially do a lot of damage, like a thousand damage on one squad uh, quite easily. Mm-hmm. Last thing that we're going to talk about, uh, just to kind of wrap things up, is going for these badges is really about luck and timing. Um, I'll say that Shay and my uh, highest damage game, we didn't even try. Yeah. Um, and That's not a flex. It's essentially like in that game, a few teams were respawned, um, which we got to kill twice, uh, which is very nice and Mm -hmm. very helpful. Uh, But we didn't really plan it or wait for them or facilitate them uh, respawning. We didn't Mm -hmm. necessarily let it happen. Um, We did drop hot, um, and we did use our favorite weapons, the G7. Uh, But the luck of the lobby plays a major, major role. And finding enemies just doesn't really happen uh, for major damage games all the time.
1: Yeah, you're just going to run into situations sometimes where you don't get it, you know? Like, sometimes you won't find that many squads, and it's unfortunate, especially when you're setting yourself out on the mission to do it. But that's part of Apex. It's part of the BR world. That's why it's a really hard badge to get, and not a lot of people have it.
0: And we're, you know... A pretty good distance into this game mm-hmm. you know i think it's no matter uh where you're at and you know when you're listening to this episode never give up uh based on my rough estimations most players are really only going to have a shot at a huge damage game every 20 matches and so that's like six and a half hours of straight gameplay and that kind of figure is based on skill-based matchmaking. Mm-hmm. Uh, gaming fatigue and that luck of just finding enemies. And so if you're grinding, be patient, have a plan, take all the things that we've recommended, and when the time is right and the cards are in your favor, execute the plan.
1: Definitely. That kind of wraps up the getting the 4K damage badge. Those are our tips and such. I think uh overall hopefully you can put some of these practices into effect to uh, even maybe help you get that 2K or 3K if that's what you've been searching for. Overall, very hard to do. Incredibly difficult. Really cool badge, though. Really dang cool badge. Before we get into the next topic, though, here's a word from our sponsors. The Good Games Podcast is brought to you by Henry and Shay. Hopefully you like those two guys at this point. From our success covering Apex Legends, we have sought out to create a new project talking about all good games. In all seriousness, though, if you want to hear Henry and I cover games from Rogue Company, to Assassin's Creed, check out the link in the description to hear about all the new good games.
0: Welcome back to the show. Next, we're going to talk about ideal inventory. Uh, this is a question that, again, we've been asked a lot. Um, you know, and it's come in different forms. How much ammo should mm-hmm. I carry? Should I? How much heals should I carry? And nades, etc. Um, We've struggled to answer this question in the past because it's so dependent on random loot spawn and the backpack you are carrying.
1: And now crafting. like, If there are certain things you really like to keep in there, and if they're in the crafting, that's going to change how you get your ideal bag set up now.
0: Absolutely. And so because of that reliance on the backpack, we decided to do a brief overview broken down per bag size. Uh, this last week, Adam asked us this question after getting some great results from our advice to carry more nades. So we thought we would try our best to sprinkle in some more knowledge.
1: Exactly. And essentially, what we're going to do now is break it down, bag size by bag size, and give our ideal loadouts. Keep in mind, though, that like there is definitely room for flex, and there's always going to be flex in this. In that, like Henry's saying, random loot. You don't always get to get your bag perfectly set up and if you're just looting really fast in the heat of battle you're still not going to get your bag always set up exactly how you want to but this is our ideal situation
0: so first off you have no bag Uh, essentially if you don't (laughs) have a backpack you're going to have 10 inventory slots and ideally this is an early game situation Mm -hmm. Um, and in the early game it's all about ammo essentially um When you don't have a bag, you really have to prioritize the majority of your inventory space to having ammo. And so we're going to say that you're going to dedicate five to six slots for just ammo. Um, That's going to be two to three stacks per weapon. Mm -hmm. Uh, Obviously, like Shay was saying, this is going to vary a lot. You know, If you have a shotgun compared to an Mm -hmm. alternator, uh, the amount of ammo you're going to have to carry is very different.
1: Definitely. Then we also look at it, carry a stack of syringes, two stack cells, and a stack of batteries in the ideal situation.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's pretty fun to look at these. Um, you know, kind of just lean on those syringes and cells early game mm-hmm. because most likely you're not going to have that full armor uh, to protect you. And you're oh, going
1: to. Isn't it the worst when you have common armor and you have to use a battery on it?
0: It's heartbreaking.
1: It breaks my heart when that happens.
0: Yeah, I don't know if there's like a metaphor by every time some sort of angel cries (laughs) Whatever somebody got there.
1: I like it, I like it. And so now we're going to go into the next bag and essentially as we go through each bag we're just going to talk to you about what we would add rather than repeating everything over again.
0: So in a common bag or a white or gray bag you have 12 slots so you get two more uh, inventory spots. We're going to recommend that you Add a nade pretty Mm -hmm. much instantaneously and add another stack of cells. Um, You know, we kind of are trying to impress upon you that grenades are very, very valuable. And I think changing your uh, mindset on them is really important, even in this early game situation where you just got a common bag and you're going to use an entire slot Mm -hmm. for a grenade.
1: Definitely. Then you get into the rare and blue bags so that bumps you up to 14 slots, so we'll gain a two from the common. Guess what you're going to do? Add a grenade. It's going to be a very common theme here, guys. Uh, and then we also will say, like, drop some syringes for med kits. Once you get into those, this is kind of like a mid to late game situation, probably. Um, the blue bags are not always the easiest thing to find. Another stack of batteries would be amazing to add to your bag. And then, just another quick little note, maybe consider dropping an ammo stack or another nade, just because once you get into these later games, you're looting the bodies. And so, ammo, while important, can hopefully be replenished much more quickly than grabbing another nade. Because a lot of times, enemies don't have the nades in their boxes.
0: I can also say that it is difficult, like you just said, drop syringes for Mm medkits. It's kind of an interesting concept. Um, I'll say... I am always shaming myself when I have two (laughs) stacks of syringes because that's just really not uh, ever going to be that useful Mm -hmm. essentially. Um, They take so long to put on and hopefully in the late game you're not having to use that many Um, and so just swapping them out for med kits can be a great way to allow more space for ammo Mm -hmm. and grenades. Definitely. Final bag, the epic or the purple and gold bag uh, 16 total slots um you know if you did drop ammo uh for something else for maybe a nade as you were scaling down as soon as you have a purple bag you can go ahead and return to that six stacks of ammo mm-hmm. um late game that's really going to be maybe four or five um, cause you might want to go back to having a nade, mm-hmm. uh, but with a purple bag, you have a lot of flexibility. And so with that, we're also going to recommend that you're carrying in four bats or two stacks of them, 12 cells or three stacks of them, four syringes or a nade, kind of up to you. That's one stack in total, two med kits and one stack, and then two grenades and two stacks. And then kind of have some flexibility, um, I think we can try to recommend the mobile respawn beacon. It's hard. It kind of depends on your play style Mm -hmm. and your team and if you want to uh, spend the inventory on it. But if you don't want to use a respawn beacon, uh, a grenade is going to definitely fill the gap. Great.
1: Definitely. And then I'll just say like later game, if I'm getting into the late game, you may be like six, seven squads left. I'll normally drop like one of those stacks of cells for a grenade just so I can have three, potentially even four, if I don't have that mobile respawn beacon, going into those later engagements. Because if I have to use four bats and 12 cells, I'm going to be in serious trouble at that point.
0: (laughs) Totally. Um, And kind of playing off of our previous topic of doing that farming damage, Mm -hmm. hopefully you don't need to use all those. uh, But having the cells uh, can kind of help you feel confident, especially when you start getting that red armor. Mm -hmm. You don't want to be wasting an entire bat. Um, As you can kind of tell throughout this, that with a purple bag, you're going to have three or four nades in total. Um, This may be a lot different than you're used to, honestly. Um, But I can say again that a lot of our episodes are focused on them. We did a whole episode on throwables Mm -hmm. and grenades. They are incredibly useful, and you're going to wish that you had them in the late game if you don't. So maybe this is a... Uh, you know new realization or a new idea that you might be hesitant to use but I recommend you give it a shot it's just that
1: they can shift a fight in your favor so easily and we just really want to push that concept because when we play with randoms or when we play with any you know anybody that's slightly newer to the game we realize that they don't always value the grenades as much as they need to be because they are really dang good.
0: And essentially a grenade is an ability counter. Yeah. You know, Lifeline doing a crazy res, grenade. Caustic. Rev totem coming at you, yeah. yeah. Rev totem coming at you. Thermite, easy. You know, acoustic putting down a bunch of gas, natum. Like, it's very useful. And I think a very underrated thing when people are discussing Apex and trying to give advice. Definitely.
1: Any last thoughts, though, on the inventory management?
0: Yeah, I think just kind of an overall philosophy, Um, you know, it can feel uncomfortable to not have your max ammo in Mm -hmm. both of your guns uh, with only two batteries. Like that can be an uncomfortable situation. I can definitely relate to that. But remember the third party way of life, (laughs) loot bodies, not buildings. Um, This is really a motto. You don't need 360 shots to eliminate one player or even an entire squad. And so carrying that much is kind of overkill. And maybe you're not believing in yourself that you can hit your shots. Um, And so I'd say once you do push and eliminate a squad, loot becomes a lot less of a concern. So be aggressive to upgrade your bag and fill it with the loot you prefer. But don't hesitate and continue to loot supply bins and buildings until you get that max ammo. Just go into the fire.
1: Definitely. Couldn't have said it better. Next thing, though, now we're going to be covering a legend concept. If you want your legend concept shared on the show, you know, submit it to us on, via email, which is in the description below, or send it to us on Discord, Instagram, just somewhere we can find it. But Discord and email are definitely the two easiest spots for us to get that information. And this legend concept is coming in from our guy at Sammy Boy. The name of this legend, Java. Java is a data miner for Leopold Menegon. Apologies for butchering the last name. This was based off of at eBoyT when he said that he has people all over the place, which is a previous legend concept, I believe. And a little background on Java. She was placed at Hammond years ago, and now she has the trust of everyone there. When Leopold went into the Apex games, she felt like she would do well with her coding slash hacking skills in the games. When Hammond did the next drawing, she hacked the program to draw herself into the games. Love a little background on this. I love that we have listeners now kind of connecting and creating a apex universe outside of the current apex universe.
0: If you're not already in the discord, you gotta join. Mm -hmm. I mean, the link is all over the place on our Twitter and Instagram. Uh, Everybody's welcome. This kind of stuff really gets us excited because, yeah, we're building legends off each other's legend concepts, mm-hmm. building this uh, third party kind of alternate timeline potentially. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really cool stuff.
1: And the quick note on the Discord, because I saw some people talking about it a couple days back, I think, but like, don't fret adding us in the de- general Discord. Like, Henry and I will never be scared away by any, you know over adding of us we love to be in the conversations and honestly we are talking to a lot of people and such all the time so it is the easiest way for us for you guys to get our attention and have us answer some questions or talk about gaming on there let's get into the passives though the passive eye for tech can see traps through walls if close enough kind of think about loba's passive but with traps
0: this is really cool you know, right now we have this in the game as Bloodhound being able to scan traps.
1: Wraith with the traps nearby as well.
0: Yeah, but having a visual could be really nice, yeah. you know? As, especially as more and more trap-like things come into the game, mm-hmm. uh, like we've seen. Like, now we have Amped Cover, you know, coming in. So, I think it's definitely a cool idea um, to give you that more situational awareness.
1: And if we have, like, gear introduced, mm-hmm. which has been rumored as well, and those be you know, more kind of, like, structured things come into the game, that could be really cool. Let's talk about the tactical, though. The EMP Disruptor Grenade. Two charges, 25 seconds to recharge each. Tosses a grenade that destroys all traps and disrupts enemies' HUD for three seconds. Has a radius of five meters in all directions. Thoughts?
0: I really appreciate the time and effort that went into writing this one out. It definitely comes through. That You've thought a lot about it um, because we know that uh, the arc star, Mm -hmm. you know, stuns for up to three seconds. And so this is pretty much in line with that. But the radius being five meters is really, really small. Mm -hmm. The grenades have uh, radiuses of 10 meters. So this is half of that. But you do get two charges like the silence. And so I think it's pretty cool. The fact that it uh, destroys all traps instantly is really, really good. It'd be a really good ability. Uh, I kind of worry about that. Um, But I do think that there was some good effort put into it, and it would be really strong. And it's Shay in my perspective that the tactical is everything, and in today's day and age of Apex, you need to be a very good legend in Mm -hmm. order to break into this meta. So I'm cool with this.
1: I like the EMP more than the flashbang. That's for sure. Yeah, I think that's a bit more realistic to come into the game. Last but not least, though, we have the ultimate, Ice Pick, takes 5 seconds to use. She pulls out a tablet and hacks all the traps within a 30 meter radius, making them hers. And it also hacks the HUD of all players within that radius for 20 seconds, making their HUD glitch and show random stats. For example, ammo can show 45, but they actually have two bullets left in the clip. Some effects, you know, bullet count, teammates health, but not your own messes up sites but not iron sights. doesn't really mess up your inventory or anything like that though it is a fun idea i think we've spoken a little bit about something like this and my thought that i'll just share is like i love legends and characters and that are like this in video games it's sometimes hard to like feel the effects of them though which can be mm-hmm. disincentivizing for newer players to play i personally really like it though
0: Yeah. Getting some sort of feedback or hit marker is going to be essential for this just because it's not, you don't know if it's essentially worked Mm -hmm. or not. Um, But again, I do really like this. You know, um, it's similar. It's, you know, this legend is a hacker, kind of like crypto. Crypto's EMP has a 50 meter radius, which is very big. Mm It's a hundred meter diameter, 360. um, And this doesn't have a drone but it's a little bit scaled back. So um, taking five seconds to use is a major Mm -hmm. balancing component of this, but being able to do it while in a building uh, in close proximity to others is pretty cool.
1: I like it. I like it. I think it could be really fun. I like the thought from Sammy Boy. Much appreciated for the submission. They're always welcome. We love talking about these. Time to dive into by the numbers. Let's explain this one for some new listeners, maybe, Henry.
0: Yeah, if you're just joining us, um, whenever we can, we try to do this segment uh, to break down the stats of an individual weapon in Apex. Um, Often we feel that we have to compare it to something in order to Mm -hmm. give you a frame of reference, but this is a really great opportunity for us to focus in on mastering one specific weapon and where and why maybe you should use it yourself. Mm -hmm. And this week we're talking about the RE-45. Little intro for the RE. Um, I really like this weapon. Um, And I think a lot of people have a sweet spot for this weapon, uh, especially after the changes in Season 5.
1: Best animation to reload or inspect. It is so good. But yeah, it definitely is beloved by a lot of people right now.
0: You certainly have to inspect this weapon. It will not disappoint.
1: After every fight.
0: After every fight. (laughs) Send us your clips. (laughs) Um, But with that, uh, the clip size for the RE-45 is going to start out at 16, then 19, 22, and 25. Um, This time, we've decided to compare the RE-45 against the alternator. Um, I will say that the alternator is the closest thing to the Mm -hmm. RE-45. I think online and maybe in people's heads, they try to compare the RE-45 to other SMGs. And I can pretty much tell you that it is not quite a contest. And so it's a lot more fair to compare it against the alternator. But slight spoiler alert, the RE45 really can't compete with the R99 and the Prowler Mm -hmm. and the Volt. So we're going to dive right into it. But that clip size ranging from 16 to 25, compare that to the alternator This starts at 19 and goes all the way up to 27. So, the RA-45 kind of starts out with a disadvantage in the number of bullets, um, which is going to come around to uh, maybe bite it in the butt here mm-hmm. at the end. Uh, but then you have the reload time, which is a very bright star for the RA-45, has a 1.5 second tactical and a 1.95 full reload, compared to the alternator that has a 1.9 second tactical and a 2.23 full reload. Um Or alternator, honestly, Mm -hmm. is kind of the major call out here because most SMGs have a about a one second tactical reload. Um, But here, you know, the RE-45 has a really fast reload in comparison, so they have to win this category uh, for sure. Definitely. Next, uh, we like to look at the body damage of the weapon. So if you hit somebody in the chest uh, with the RE, it's going to do 12 damage with the alternator. 15. So the alternator is going to hit a little bit harder. Um, And then the headshot multiplier for the RE45 is 1.45, bringing it up to 17.45 damage a shot. Kind of a funky number here. Uh, (laughs) But that's why I love diving into this stuff because whenever you see a weird number, it means to me that there's somebody smart really thinking about it behind the scenes. That's um, the hope, at least. That's what I think. You <laughs> know, When it's all even numbers, that kind of seems to me like, ah, uh, they don't really put a lot of effort into it. But when you see some odd numbers, I hope that means it's good. <laughs> uh, and the alternator has a very, very similar headshot multiplier at 1.46. So not much of a difference here. But again, the alternator is going to do more damage because of the base damage being three points higher. Next, though, we have the shots per second, and as you probably know, the RE-45 is kind of a laser and has 13 shots a second compared to the alternator that has 10. Um, I like both these weapons, honestly, Mm -hmm. kind of going into the opinions. This is by the numbers, not by the opinions. But I like controlling both of these weapons' recoils. Like, I think the RE-45 is very controllable, but I also like the speed and the damage of the alternator uh, to be able to get a lot of shots on target. Definitely. Now, talking about kind of the most important part is the time to kill. And in the RE-45, it's 1.3 seconds. Alternator, 1.4 seconds. So in a head-to-head fight, RE-45 is actually going to win. Um which is very interesting. Other SMGs, it's not really the case. Mm -hmm. Um, But it is very, very close. And whenever we talk about the numbers, it's important to point that out. When we do kind of just boil it down to the numbers, it's nice to see. But at the same time, um, we don't fault you for uh, getting a strategic advantage. Mm -hmm. It is not necessarily dishonorable to shoot from high ground or potentially the shadows.
1: In the back of somebody's head.
0: I'm sorry to say it, but (laughs) on the third party, we support it. Some people out there say that is wrong, and you are bad at the game. We fully support you.
1: Fully support sneaky
0: tactics. Now, my favorite stat to look at is the accuracy requirement. This one's kind of hard. It's one that we dreamed up here at the third party. It's essentially how many shots do you have to hit in the body in order to knock somebody with purple armor while you have a purple extended mag. And so for the RA-45, you're going to have to hit 17 out of 25 bullets. And that's going to put a requirement of 68% accuracy on you. Compare that to other guns that we've covered in the By the Numbers segment, and you might be shocked. But compare it to the Alternator, and the Alternator has to hit 14 out of 27 shots or be 51% accurate. So that accuracy requirement is really really brutal it's a difficult gun
1: to use for sure
0: an extremely difficult gun Mm -hmm. to use this is higher than the volt and the prowler Mm -hmm. and every single ar and i think that might shock some people it has a high rate of fire which kind of makes it already difficult to hit more shots but then the fact that it has a lower damage than all these other smg like weapons although it's a pistol The accuracy, almost being you have to hit 70% of your shots every single time, really, really hard. Like, can't exaggerate at all. Mm -hmm. This is a very hard weapon to actually use. That's why we support Striking from the Shadows. Definitely. Um, The ADS movement is also important to say because when you're comparing the RE-45 to any other SMG, uh, the RE-45 has an advantage with a 95% reduction to speed while aiming down sights compared to an 86% reduction. So, kind of cool. You are going to move faster while aiming down sights with the RE-45 than other guns, which can lead to a great advantage.
1: This is like the big love behind the gun, is the strafe speed. You know, guys like Back Off My Jinx or Soar have, you know, made the video around this, and it's definitely the most popular thing about this weapon. It's why the incredibly high-skilled players Uh, will use it sometimes because if they think they can hit all their shots, uh, it's very hard to hit a person ADSing, strafing uh, with RE45 by themselves and couple it with like a Bloodhound ult or an Octane Stem or something. Bangalore double time, it can be incredibly difficult.
0: Word. And so that kind of brings us to our final thoughts. RE45 gives you that great speed while moving and aiming down sights. Has a pretty nice reload time and then a decent time to kill. To compete with these other weapons, I think it's balanced very well. But that accuracy required uh, really forces you to go into a close quarter situation against better SMGs and shotguns, which require less shots on target with faster time to kills. So it's definitely a fun weapon to use. Is it in the upper echelons of close quarters weapons? Not really for the average player. Uh, But definitely a fun weapon to cover this week.
1: Bring back the disruptor rounds.
0: Word up.
1: Yep, that's the solution. Guys, it's time for a Dropping Together segment. If you don't know what this is, we like to shout out a user every once in a while to get them to get added and join the community, play some games with some fellow people. And so this Dropping Together is featuring our guy Nate, Simply the Best, one of the most anticipated weekly podcasts. Love listening to these guys chat about the best battle royale in the biz, laid back personalities with in-depth breakdowns of all things Apex. I've learned a lot of quality tips from y'all, and it's much appreciated. Keep up the good work, guys. Cheers. Thank you so much for the kind words, Nate. Nate typically plays Pathfinder, Octane, or Crypto and is looking for a solid third. Wants you to add him on Xbox. The gamer tag is Zodiac 6. I'll have that in the description of this episode. So if you guys need the spelling. Make sure you're out it Nate though. Get some games in, get some dubs, start off this rank split right and get a full squad together, at to the grind.
0: That's the only way to play. Definitely uh, a good goal for everybody.
1: Definitely. Wrapping it up now with some questions. If you have a five star, if you have a question, please leave it as a five star review on Apple Podcast to guarantee it's answered on the pod. Otherwise, Discord, probably one of the better ways to reach us. Um, question's coming from Part-Time though. Love this pod. This is one of my favorite podcasts, and I love to listen to all of the new, all of the news and theories. Questions. Looking for some permanent teammates. I'm a kid, level 500 wraith man, and have a triple triple badge. My username is Fizz Shrey. Message me that you are from the pod, and we can play.
0: Thank you so much for the review and the excellent question. Uh, You know, joining the Discord is a great way to find people to Mm -hmm. play with. I think this is a question that everybody has. Getting those permanent uh, teammates, those solid thirds, uh, is always really important. So I think that's my answer. Join our community because we make it happen. Every day people are playing games together.
1: The Discord's awesome. Link's going to be in the description. Make sure to join there. Guys, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Subscribe to us on Apple Pods. Leave us a follow on Spotify. Uh, give us a five star review with your question. We'll answer it on our next episode. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Third Party Pod. Sub to our YouTube channel, Third Party Podcast, and stop by our weekly streams. Check out the Discord via the link in the description below. Thank you guys for listening so much to the Third Party Podcast. Catch you next time. Peace. Hey now, another squad
0: coming in. Boom, whole squad down. Not today, maybe tomorrow.